Tonight we're going to talk about Jonah. Jonah chapter 3 uh, is where we're going to start. As I was uh, in our Old Testament survey class at seminary this week, as I was teaching through Jonah, uh, kind of hit me a few things that I've re- never really noticed as I'm looking through there, and I wanted to share that with you tonight. <clears throat> Jonah chapter 3, verse, starting in verse 6, it says, For word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. 
Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works and they turned from their evil way and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them and he did it not. Let's bow. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing us to come out tonight and study your word. Dear Lord, just help us take something from this tonight that we can apply to our lives. And dear Lord, just uh, help us take something away from it that we can gain to our knowledge of who you are. Forgive us all our sins. In your name I pray. Amen. First thing I notice as I'm reading through this is that God's word is very powerful. God's word is very powerful, even in spite of Jonah's lack of enthusiasm for the nation of of Nineveh, God's message had results. Jonah went there. He didn't want to go there. We know the story. He goes, he gets on a ship going anywhere but Nineveh. God sends a whale, a big fish, and and it swallows him up. And uh, he found his direction towards Nineveh. When he got there, he preached the message that God had put on his uh, lips that God wanted him to preach. His heart, I I believe, and we see this in chapter 4, Jonah's heart was never in it. But God's Word is very powerful. God's Word, uh, as Isaiah 55, 11 says, God's Word doesn't return void. Uh, Let's look at that real quick. Isaiah 55, verse 11. It it says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish what that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing thereunto I sent it. You know, this became a reality to me as I was reading a book. It's called Share Jesus Without Fear. We have that book in our library if you'd like to look at it. But uh, there was a statistic shown in that book that said the average person hears the gospel seven times before they accept Christ as Savior. And I got to thinking about that, and I got to thinking all the times that I've witnessed to somebody or I've told somebody about Christ, and it seems like nothing was done. But what if I was one of those seven? One of those seven that got that person closer to that relationship with Christ. If the average person hears it seven times, what if I'm number six? You see, sometimes the Bible teaches that some people sow and some people reap. And what if it's not me? But God's Word is very powerful and it can work in spite of who I am. And and I, I see this in Jonah's ministry just tremendously. In spite of his heart for the people of Nineveh, because he didn't have one, God's Word still worked. Look at Hebrews 4 with me real quick. Hebrews chapter 4. Again, probably a very familiar scripture with you. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. 
It says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, just that first little phrase there, the word of God is quick and powerful. Let's, let's turn over to 2 Timothy. I want to look at one more verse and then I'll talk about this just a moment. 2 Timothy 3.16 It says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. just want to stop there. And, and you probably know the rest of the verse, but all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. This very book I hold in my hand is powerful. Its message is so powerful that uh, it contains this great revival of the book of Nineveh or the book of Jonah right here in Nineveh. This great revival it contains all those instances, and it 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 really relates to me in a way that I can see even when my heart is not in something, God's word is more powerful than this man. And I can see that Jonah, as as he goes and he talks to these people, uh, it's God's word, not his own, and it's it's powerful. Even our hearts uh, can mislead us, can misdirect us, but this word always points in the right direction. God can use His word to accomplish His will, in spite of who I am, in spite of who Jonah was. The next thing I want to look at is look at Jonah chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. It says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God, a merciful God, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. You see, first of all, Jonah, he's mad about this. And I think about, you look down at the last verse of Jonah chapter 4, verse 11, And God says this, And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand people? There's a bunch of folks here. Okay? There's there's a bunch of folks. uh, What is that, 120,000 people here? What a revival. I believe if I was a part of that kind of revival, you'd see me high-stepping everywhere I went. The Lord was at work. And here's Jonah. He's trying to get out of the city as quick as he can. And and so we see here, and I think Jonah realized this and knew this better than any of us, that God will show grace and mercy to anyone. Anyone. You see, Jonah was in in a little different situation. He knew that Nineveh, was Israel's enemy. He knew that in his mind he could justify 
their death. In his mind, he he knew that Nineveh was bad and he didn't want any part of it. You know, it makes me think of Jesus' ministry. Remember what the publican said? He's eating. He's eating with the sinners. How dare him? Jesus said, "I I didn't come to save those which are well, but those that need a doctor, right? He he came to to save those people, the people that needed him. And Nineveh ultimately needed him, even though they weren't Israel, even though they, uh, later on in Scripture, we know that they uh, attacked Israel, they they held Israel in bondage, and, and all that, but, well, Assyria, and they were part of Assyria, but... uh we, we know that they are doing this to Israel in the future, but God cares about people no matter who they are. Uh, God will show grace to anyone, and, and Jonah realized this. What did he say? He said, therefore, um, he said, therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God. Jonah's whole reason for going to Tarshish is because he didn't want Nineveh saved. He didn't want Nineveh to know the God that he, he knew. How selfish is that? We see this in many examples. Peter being one of them over in Acts 10. And the story of Cornelius. Peter, uh, looking up from the roof, he, he, he told God, he said, I'm a Jew. I, I don't eat any of this, Right? He identified himself with that nation, uh, Israelite, a Jew, and, and, and he said, God, I can't do this. And God said, don't you call unclean what I've cleaned. In Acts 10, he walks into Cornelius' house in verse 34 and 35. He says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. If you go back to even the story of the woman at the well, Jesus said, I must need go through Samaria. There was a person there that needed His grace. In spite of who she was and in spite of the differences that Jewish people had with the Sumerians, God said, I've got to go there. Right? This is what Christ calls us to do. If you remember Christ's teaching in Matthew 5, Matthew 5 and verse 44, he says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which dis, uh, despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust, for if you love them which you, which love you, what reward have ye? Do you not even the publicans the same? 
And if you salute your brethren only, what do you what do you more than others? Do you not even the publicans do so? Be there perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. We know that word perfect there means mature and, and be more like God. And, and what that calling is, is Christ calls us to view others like He does. We talked about this morning showing people grace and, and showing people grace because Christ showed us grace. But even Jonah here had a disposition with Nineveh. And God shows grace to who He wants to. The last thing I see in this story in Jonah chapter 4, we're going to just read through 3 through 11. It says, Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And that just tells us of how much Jonah hated these people. He'd rather die than see them saved, literally. Then said the Lord, Dost thou well to be angry? You know, that's a pretty good question. Dost thou well to be angry? When, when we're trying to reach people and we're not doing things the way that we want them done, but the way that God wants them done, and, and we get angry about that, do we do well? Isn't it about His will and His kingdom? Then verse 5, So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow, till ye might see what would become of the city. So Jonah literally went outside the city, he made this booth, and he looks back down on the city, and and he's saying he wants to see what's going to become of the city. Even though these people turned and repented to God, he's still fully expecting God to pour out His judgment on Nineveh. That's how much he hated them. God... Pour it out on them. I'm, I've got a side show right here. The, I mean, I'm on the front row seats. He wanted to see God's judgment poured out on Nineveh. And then verse 6, it said, And the Lord prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah, that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceedingly glad of the gourd. But God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day, and it smote the gourd that it withered. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a velvet east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished in himself to die, and said, It is better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, Dost thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd, for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between the right hand and their left hand? And also much cattle. 
You know, I think about this a lot of times because it happens to me a lot of times. But God can use our ministry to teach us things. God can use your ministry to teach you things. You say, well, I don't have a ministry. Each of us has a ministry to go and witness to people, uh, to be a light in the community that we live in. God used a well to teach Jonah what it meant to be obedient. God used a gourd to teach Jonah that God is more concerned with the souls of men. Is when, when God asked Jonah the question, is it good for you to be mad about this gourd? What he's literally saying is, is it good that you're concerned about this gourd more than you're concerned about these people? No, it's not good. Jonah, in his preference, stepped back in that gourd and was ready to watch the city burn. God said, I've got other plans. He caused an east wind, and that wind beat him so hard over the head, he knocked him out. (laughs) Some of us, and myself included, need a good knockout. (laughs) Some of the things I look at and I think, man, I don't know. I don't know. But God has a bigger plan. God has a bigger plan, a greater plan than each and every one of us. Do we get so concerned with our preferences, with the things, the way we like them, that we forget that souls really matter? That's what Jonah did. He was going to people he did not like. He didn't want to be around them. And in that, he forgot that souls is what mattered. I want to ask you tonight if you can learn lessons from Jonah just like I have. As we get ready for a hymn of invitation, do you believe in God's Word? That it is a powerful, powerful book. Do you believe that God can save anyone? Well, that in itself should lead us in an attempt to reach everyone.